When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to the Girl CEO Podcast, the playground for female entrepreneurs. My name is Ronnie Brown, and I'm the author of Amazon's best-selling book, From Mopping Floors to Making Millions, and was once a teen mom to a millionaire business mentor. I created my Girl CEO community for women like you. Girl CEO, you are a trailblazer, a creative, an innovator, a boss, and a woman who knows that she deserves more. Join me each week while we uncover what it truly takes to be your own boss and become a successful girl CEO. And don't worry, sis, I got you. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Girl CEO Radio, the playground for female entrepreneurs. I am your host, Ronnie Brown, and with me today, I have one of my favorite girl CEOs, Natalie Graham. Say hi, Natalie. Hey, (laughs) y'all. All right, Natalie. Well, you are officially here. Yes. With me in the studio. And I'm so excited to have you here. How does it feel to be in my city and here in DC? And how has it been? It has been absolutely amazing. Just getting poured into and everything. The feel of this place is amazing. The energy is amazing. And I just love it. (laughs) Love it. Love it. So, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I live in Atlanta, Georgia currently. I'm a mom of four and a wife, right? And I own a business, right? Network marketing is my thing and I also empower women. So yes, that's that's pretty much about me. Raised on a farm, actually a little country girl living in the city now who had big dreams and decided just to go after it. Love it, love it. So, you know, let's dig a little into your story because you flew down to work with me mm-hmm. on building uh, your personal brand and your personal company and putting some things in place for yourself. And I had an opportunity to hear your story. I was really blown away by your story. And when I say blown blown away. I mean, completely blown away. The first thing that just kind of caught my attention yesterday was the fact that your father passed away at 11 years old. When I was 11. Yep. When I was 11. So yes, y'all, at the age of 11, my father, who was my hero, like the best person in the world, right? We did everything together. I rolled on a tractor with him. Like he was that guy for me, you know? I was a daddy's girl. At the age of 11, hospice came into our home and they sat me down and they asked me, do you know why we're here? And I said, I kind of have an idea, but can you kind of elaborate for me? They told me that they normally only deal with people who have six months or less to live. So it just broke my heart because I knew that I only had a short time with my father at this point. So he wound up passing 
passing away. When he passed away, my mom um, let us know that my dad had been keeping a journal throughout his cancer journey. And what kind of cancer did he have? He had liver cancer. Okay. Liver cancer, yes. Um, and it's something that's prevalent within, you know, my family, but I don't declare that, right? <laughs> and so she said that there was a page for each one of my siblings and I that he left. And he told her to not open the actual journal until he passed away. So there was a page for me. There was a page for both of my brothers. And I remember on my page, I still have it today on my nightstand. It said, remember the three B's, books before boys are, boys are babies. So that was always in the back of my mind, Ronnie. Books? Before boys are babies. Yes. Books before boys are babies. Yes. Books before boys are babies. Daddies make it real straight. Yes. Yes. Tell you exactly like it is. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So with that being said, that always resonated in the back of my head. So you guys just fast forward. At the age of 15, I was sitting on the floor and I felt movement in my belly. And I was like, oh Lord, I was four and a half months pregnant before I even told anyone. And the crazy wow. part about it, Ronnie, is that my son was born, like I said, when I was 15, but 11 minutes before the clock struck 12 on my dad's birthday. So I always looked wow. at that to say, hey, even though this happened, continue on with your education. Don't let this stop you. And so that's what I did. I just made sure that I just went along and I did not make that an excuse to, to you know, just ball up and to fail. So do you feel like in that moment that you had let your father down? I did for a moment. I did. And I've always, even up until now, I feel like I want to make my dad proud because I always been that way just growing up. So I was like, oh my gosh, I have failed him, but I'm just going to make sure this has happened because I knew it was a sign that my son was born on his birthday, that I'm just going to make the best of the situation and I'm just going to make sure that I still get my books, right? Because the boys, the boy part was over with at, at this yeah. point <laughs> and the baby part was over with. So, so did you go to school? I actually did. I went to school and it's so funny because I actually got several degrees, always did not know exactly what I wanted to do. I just remembered my dad saying, get a good education. And really in the middle class, that's what they teach you. They want you to go get an education, get a good job and stuff like that. That's what I did. I went from place to place just to go to school to get my education. And I wanted to make sure that I had my degree before my children. And so that was the biggest thing for me. So what did you end up going to school for? What was your major? I went, my first one was massage therapy because I was a free spirit. The second one was hotel and hospitality management because I always like to serve. Then I got my teaching degree. So teaching and social science with a concentration education and then I went for life coaching didn't finish that but, <laughs> but you end up doing it anyway yes yes <laughs> right exactly you end up doing it anyway exactly so you know let's talk a little bit about that how did your father passing away yeah how did that affect you well it affected me because when he passed away I had a void so that void led me in the arms of people that I should not have been in because I was looking for a father mm -hmm. figure right well, we, um, know, we know that all too well I know y'all yes. know that part. <laughs> Searching for that father figure, oh, y'all. Yeah. And the, the crazy part about it is, in that search, I did meet someone that was a lot like my father in a sense right? And he didn't have any children. He was stable. He worked. My dad worked. So I'm like, okay, yes. I married my father instead of a companion. You married a daddy. Yeah, I married my daddy. So daddy was gone and you went and found a daddy. I found a daddy, not a companion. So how old were you? I was 21 years old when I got married. 21? Mm -hmm. 21. When you got married. Yep. I feel like we don't even know who we are at 21. No, no, I didn't. And how old was this joker? He was... 
Seven years older than me. Mm. Yep, seven years older than me. So what was that like? At 21, missing daddy, let me go find a daddy. And then you marry someone <laughs> who's seven years older than you. How does that play out? I always tell people, prepare for what you pray for. Because I got into that prematurely. That's, that's something I wasn't ready for. So I was in my emotions more so than anything. Mm. So Emotional decisions. It was an emotional decision. I felt stable. He has something. Still living with mama when I met him. He had his own house around the corner. He had his own car. He didn't have kids. And I was like, jackpot. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, so you was a gold digger. You listen. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> he got it all that I was looking for. But you wanted that security. You wanted that feeling that you got from your father. And I think if we can be transparent, women want that feeling anyway. Yeah. Whether a man is older than them or younger than them, I feel like there is a sense of security that every woman once. Absolutely. In a man. Absolutely. But that security sometimes, you know, and I think it's a little, you know, thin line between the security and then actually having someone who wants to be like a daddy. You know what I mean? In the midst of that, he treated me like a daddy, not like a companion. Mm. So, um, so let's talk a little bit about yeah, that. Absolutely. How did he treat you in that season? In that season, it was, you should wear your hair a certain way. This is the way you should dress. A married lady shouldn't sit at the bar by herself. You shouldn't be wearing red lipstick like who are you wearing it for <laughs> like you can't go nowhere pretty much like you're gonna be here with me it's not a good look for you to be out and you don't need to take girl trips now because you're married you no know, i was up under a thumb because my thing was it was like i needed him right it was like it was a need for him financially is what I realized later hmm. is what I needed, right? Because I never even lived on my own ever, except for when I was in college, but it was with roommates, right? I went straight out of mama house in a marriage. Mm. You know, this is one of the things that really pushes me mm -hmm. when it comes to girl CEO, yeah. just making sure that women are financially where they need to be. And it's bigger than having a business. Absolutely. It's bigger than just being a boss and being a CEO and having your own. It is the fact that there are so many women that are stuck. Yes. And they are stuck in situations that they're not happy in. And they're not in those situations because they want to be in them. Exactly. They're in those situations because they have to be in those situations. It's stressful. They don't have a way out because of finances. And that's why I love what you do because this is going to help so many people with their brands yeah. and building their business. Because the thing is, our mamas always told us, make sure you have something for yourself. Yeah. Right? And then when you're stuck and you get in these relationships, and like I said, I talked to many women who say, how did you leave? Like, how were you able to do it? Like, I can't because, you know, we got these kids and the only thing that's stopping them, y'all, really is finances. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I get messages from tons of women and they're like, he treats me like crap. He doesn't respect me. He doesn't honor me. He's cheated on me several times, but they need the financial security and they're really staying with the person based on the financial side of things. Most of the time, they've been convinced to drop everything. Yeah. And it's like, I need you to focus on raising children. Yeah. I need you to make sure the house is clean, you're cooking, you're just taking care of the children and I don't need a job or this purpose or this passion to be a distraction. I need you to just 
take care of the home and you're literally depleted. Absolutely. You have nothing. Absolutely. So it's almost as if you didn't even realize that by you accepting that situation, you've literally given up your rights. Yeah. You lose your whole self. You lose yourself. Like that's one thing that I did learn is that during that whole relationship, y'all, I went from being a bubbly, like outgoing, you know, going here and fellowshipping with people and friends to to 10 years of being home and doing absolutely nothing. I remember getting out of the relationship once we did divorce, Ronnie. Everybody was like, we got our Natalie back. (laughs) Hold on. Let me just say this. When you get your ass out of a relationship and people are like, we got our friend back, that's when you know you were in a bad situation because your friends, if nobody else can tell that you're in a toxic situation, your friends can tell when you are in a toxic situation. It doesn't matter how much you try to hide it. It doesn't matter how much you try to deny it. It doesn't matter how many excuses you try to make for that person. Your friends can always tell. How was it? What did you feel like happened? What happened to you that your friends felt like you were no longer there? They felt like I was being controlled, but because I was in it, I couldn't see it. I had to come out of it to see it. Now, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Because I feel like, you know, sometimes we say when I was in it, I couldn't see it. But there was red flags. Okay. There was red flags. You can see when when you're dealing with the nutcase a little bit. There are things. Now, it might be some good sex that keep you there. (laughs) Come on, let's let's (laughs) Let's be real. It might be some good sex. You might be like, let me work it out with the sex. Yeah, right, 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 right. Exactly, (laughs) exactly. Right, right. right. Stupid shit. Exactly. That just doesn't matter. Yeah. But there was red flags everywhere, Ronnie. So you knew. Oh, everywhere. But like I said, I was So you were in denial. In I was in, and not the river in Egypt, not the Nile. I was in denial. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> yes. We don't want to see the red flags. No, we, we don't. want to see the red flags. And then, you know what? And I found myself making excuses. Oh, he's just tired. He's just, mm. I'm like, why am I making excuses? Why were you making excuses? Like if you could Because I wanted back... people to not think that he was a bad person. But he was. Narcissistic. Yeah, I was going to say, it sounds like narcissistic Ex- characteristics. All the way, all the way, all the way. I was telling you a little bit yesterday about how I actually moved to Georgia for my singing career. My brother was my producer and so I started getting performances right with those performances came fans at the end of these events there was fans he would follow me around and be like why you're not introducing me to these people right not only that y'all he went to my brother one day and said to my brother I'm about to build a studio in our basement for her and I'm going to manage her so you were going to be trapped it's going to be I Tina it was about to be I Tina y'all what is it uh, Norbit when he was in the basement and he was like <laughs> Right. Yes. Silent cry, right? Listen, I always say, get out, get out. I had a get out moment. Somebody like flash me in the eyes real quick. You're right? be like, <laughs> seriously, seriously. It was little things like that because I was young. I wouldn't say too much naive, but not wanting to see it. How long did you stay in that situation? 10 years. God dang. 
Ten, yeah, ten years. You know, I think one of the biggest things that we take for granted in life is time. Yes. It's time. You can't get it back. You know? Once it's gone. Yeah. You cannot get it back once it's gone. Time is just something. For all of you girl CEOs who are listening to this, I want you to understand. You get one life. Yes. One life, one go, 121, 130, 135, 140. Don't take it lightly. It's it. That's it. I like one of the quotes that I hear. I think it was Les Brown who said, um, the graveyard is the richest place on earth because yeah. they're, that's where people die with their dreams. The books that they never wrote, all of the things that you said that you were going to do and didn't get to do. Don't wait till you're dying bed to do it, y'all. Like, you got one chance at this. Like, time is so valuable. Like, seriously. Yeah. Like, you can start today. You don't have to wait. You don't have to be a certain age. And I think a lot of people, oh, I'm too old. People always have an excuse. Well, I'm in school. Wait till I finish. When I finish school, I'm going to. And then they go to the next thing. Well, now my something happened to my cat. Now I can't do this. It's always going to be something and life is always going to happen. Like you have to take the initiative and say at this moment, I decide because yeah. it's a decision. I say get mad. M-A-D. Make a decision that you are sick and tired of being sick and tired and, and move on and transition into the person who you want to become. You can become that person at the present moment. Yeah. 10 years is a really long time. Too long. Do you have some regrets with that? Honestly? You know what? I honestly don't because I feel going through that made me see what I needed for my next relationship. So it helped groom me. Then I got two beautiful children from it. So, you know, I don't regret any of that. It really strengthened me as an individual. Mm -hmm. So when I did get out on my own, I knew what mess looked like. I knew what those traits looked like. I was no longer blind to them. Yeah. Yeah. And let's talk about coming out of it. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like it is easy to get into things. Oh, yes. It's really hard to make that departure. You know, especially when you're in a toxic, abusive relationship where someone is keeping you in a house, don't want you to wear makeup, want to control what you're wearing, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, question every person that comes into your life. Like, I couldn't imagine being in a marriage like that. It's taxing mentally, spiritually, emotionally. And and I think that's, I think the mental abuse is worse than physical abuse, to be honest with you. For sure. Yeah. The manipulation, the mind games, Mm -hmm. and it's just crazy. What would you say to a girl CEO that's listening to this today? Yeah. That's in that space and she's in denial. Because what I notice is women always try to fix, 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 fix. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you can change everything, sis. You can change everything about yourself. It's not you. Yeah. You're with the nutcase. Right, right. You see the flags, sis. <laughs> That's what I want to say. You see the flags. Like, we see them, like she said. Even if it's subconsciously, they're there for you to see. You can't go anyplace, right? Everybody who come in or whatever. Oh, who is that person? You know, what y'all talking about? You shouldn't be friends with males. All these little, small little things that you don't think about it's a trap so we really have to value ourselves first and it's easier said than done because like I said there were people who said or asked me they didn't know they was like is he controlling he just seems like the controlling type and I'd be like no he's he's not controlling he's just that way you know what I'm saying stop mm-hmm. making excuses for these men that you know are not for you you know what I mean they just want to hold you down they don't want you in the limelight they don't want you they're insecure if your man is insecure check on it I'm serious check on it because it can stagnate you because for whole 10 years it wasn't until after I got out of that relationship that I was able to soar that was holding me back I had like tons of bricks on me when I was in that marriage and it wasn't until I was released
released from it, I was able to fly and soar into the person that I am now. Wow. You walked away and it's like you said, I don't care. Mm-hmm. I'm just going with nothing. Yep. I don't care if I have oh. anything. Yep. I don't care about the money. Yep. I don't care what it looks like. Yep. Let's talk a little bit about what that looked like. Absolutely, y'all. I trusted the process and I knew that I could not skip the process. Filed bankruptcy three times. Car three times. Three times. Within that know. 10 years. Could you file bankruptcy Yes, you times? can switch it over from one to, to another. <laughs> yes. All my money was gone. I just learned something new. <laughs> I was broke. I was broken and broke, y'all. And listen, he took, when he left, this is why we were separated. He took the dining room table. He took, like, the bed, all the beds in the house. I didn't have no money, y'all. I had to go and buy this stuff that I didn't have money to buy during my tax time. So we were, like, eating on the couch. That He, he did leave that, right? <laughs> so listen, when the joker take the beds that, he the took kids, the beds that the kids were sleeping on the couch, that's when you know you with a petty one right there. What? <laughs> he took it, y'all. I'm so serious. Like, it was just crazy, but it was necessary because I went, like I said, from mama's house into a relationship. Mm-hmm. It helped me gain that independence that I never had. Wow. So you just packed up and you just going to Atlanta. Oh, and this was beforehand. So I moved to Atlanta mm-hmm. when I was 21. I think I was 20. Stepped out on faith. Didn't have a dime to my name. I just had my son and my mom even asked me, you really about to move? Like, you don't have mm-hmm. no money. You don't got no place to stay. So after him, did you stay in the same location? I stayed in the same location, but at that particular time, the house that I've been in, he stopped paying paying the mortgage, y'all. So the mortgage wasn't paid for over a year and a half. It never foreclosed. It did short sale, but because of all that energy, I left everything in that house. Like every single thing, there was a contractor who called and was like, can I get this stuff? I was like, whatever's in there, you can have it. I did not want to take any of that then season into my next season. I wanted to purge and refocus and reset my whole entire life and I wanted to leave the stuff that reminded me of any of that portion behind. Wow. So you just went for it. Oh yeah. And where did you find yourself after you left him? Listen, I was so free. I was so free. Let me tell you. It good when you get out of a situation. It was more than a weight. It was a whole production lifted off of me. Wow. Yes, because it was so, like I said, taxing. He was the type of person where if I knew he was coming home, I gotta make sure I'm not laying down and looking like I'm relaxing. Like I feel like I needed to be moving all the time. Like, okay, you know what I mean? Like, I always felt like, and the kids felt it too. Like, okay, and we you, gotta make sure. Like, the children can feel Yes. It. Children can feel things. Yes, yes, They yes. can definitely feel things. Absolutely. And we, Absolutely. It, it doesn't matter how you try to smooth them out. Nope, not at all. I just wanted to say, ladies, if you're in a toxic situation, your children are in a toxic situation. And they're watching that because I know my 20-year-old son, he says, Ma, you remember when? He can give me remember when stories. So they're seeing the things that are happening Okay, I'm telling you, and it can impact a child in a bad way, especially if you have daughters, Mm. right? So just be mindful because a lot of the women or the girls grow up to date the people that they see in their household, Mm. right? And it becomes a cycle. Mm. Wow. You just started rebuilding your life. Yes. So what was your next job when you went from being... 21 years old, married to someone who's seven, eight years older than you. Mm-hmm. You start over, yep. and your next job from yep. nothing and just taking that leap is what? 
Yeah. So from nothing, y'all, and just to give you a little history on it, at the time, like right after my divorce, I didn't have any money. I was bringing home $2,200 a month. $2,200 yeah. a month. Yeah, and I had three children at that particular time, right? $2,200 yeah. a month. My rent, y'all, was $1,200. One of my cars, one, was $500. And the crazy part about it is I applied for food stamps. They denied me because they said I grossed too much. So I decided to go back to school, y'all. Not to get another degree because I had more degrees than a thermometer, but <laughs> <laughs> seriously. But I went to get that financial aid check, y'all, to pay my bills and keep my hair over water. Can we just touch on that? <laughs> because there are a lot of people that are in college right now just for financial aid. Horrible. It did what it needed to do at that moment because I don't know where I would have been. However, that can't be a crutch because sometimes it can enable you and to make you not force you to do anything. Everybody has greatness within them, but sometimes people are so comfortable and they're backs aren't against the wall and nothing comes up to where they have to move, right? They don't have to really have a sense of urgency to something bad happens like they lose their job, right? So that right there was not a plan using that financial aid check because I got a letter in the mail that said your financial aid check is about to be ending. And, and then I was you have like, to go pay all that back, right? Oh, yes. Over $200,000 worth of student loan debt. I personally feel like some people are at a place in their lives, especially some of these millennials, and they're just in school. Yeah. And they have no purpose. They have no direction. And someone said, go to school. I believe that as it gets closer and closer to the time that they're supposed to graduate, they go back to school yep. and back to school yep. and back to school because it's, it's a way for them to avoid doing real responsibility life. exactly you hit the nail on the head exactly all of these degrees and you were making twenty two hundred dollars a month i had a salary position the quote unquote salary position that i th they told me i didn't qualify for it by the way <laughs> they told me i didn't qualify for that position but i was able to work my way around i started in the mail room right in that company and because i worked in the mail room and that's considered the lowest of the low i was able to establish the relationships with the vps and the vips and the ceo because I was delivering their mail in the morning. So I was asking them about their dog, Fido, their wife, Susan, right? I was establishing the relationship. So when Human Resources said that you don't qualify, I went directly to the source, the VP of the department, and they said, <laughs> yeah, we think you'd be good at it. You're very personable. If you can actually pass this state exam, then you're in. And I got in, but it still, I still was broke once I got in. Wow. And it was an upgrade from the mail room. <laughs> still broke. Wow. Yeah. And you just start your life over. Yeah. And then you get into the industry. Mm-hmm. And you start thriving in the industry. Your whole life changes. Yeah, changes. Let's talk about not knowing what's possible mm -hmm. for you mm -hmm. when you're at that space of comfort or you feel like you're safe or you have that safe job. Let's talk about not even visualizing yeah. what's really possible because I was in that season. You know, mm -hmm. I used to be in direct sales. Mm -hmm. I'm not yeah. in it anymore. Yeah. I'm so focused on my company right yeah. now. You don't even realize, yep. even in that space, yeah, you don't even realize your own value because someone else is still leveraging you yeah. and your influence. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. But even in, in corporate America, mm -hmm. did you realize that or did you know that you could make what you're making today? Corporate America, listen, had I stayed there, I would have <laughs> still been broke, first of all. And what was an eye-opener for me, Ronnie, was when I was sitting at my desk and my manager, who had been at the company for over 30 years, came to the young lady right beside me who had been at that job for over 25 years and they started discussing their social security statement that they had just gotten. I knew 
knew that my boss was making over six figures and I knew the lady beside me was making over six figures and my boss said to the young lady, did you get your statement? I'm gonna have to get me a part-time job. She was in her 60s. Y'all, I had to get out. I was like, I got to get the heck up out of this place because 40% of my pay when I leave here, <laughs> I was like, oh no, I got to come up with something. And whatever it was, I was like, I am willing to grind my way to success. Like I think it was Jim Ron who said, you will either find me on the side of the road dead or at the top <laughs> of the mountain waving. But one thing that you're not going to see is me going back because I'm going to keep it moving. And that was a decision that I made because I wanted and I desired to be home with my children. Things that I wasn't able to have growing up because both of my parents work, you know, things I wanted to put my children into activities. I didn't have the time freedom or the financial freedom to do either because by the time I got off of work, it was time for them to do homework and go to bed and repeat. I'm like, this is not the life that I dreamed about. When I played MASH, mm. I circled the mansion myself. Mm. When I played That's My Car, That's My Car, I knew I wanted more in life as a little child. Even where I was raised, you know, we didn't have much, but I had big dreams and I knew that it was possible because I'd seen it. Mm. And I know that if it's possible and somebody else has it, it's possible. that it's possible for, for me. For sure. And we don't know that often. Yeah. We don't realize what's possible. Absolutely. For us. Absolutely. How do you get to that level of confidence where you start betting on yourself? You know, I went through that season in my life where I spent years building and building and building and building for other people. And mm-hmm. then I said, you know, I have a gift. Yeah. I have a purpose. Yeah. You know, and now I work with women like you and helping you guys build yeah. your brand and start your companies. But let's really talk about getting that confidence, get into that space where you're a hundred percent confident because it it's not something that just happens overnight. No, it's not an overnight thing. And it wasn't overnight for me. I had an aha moment. Mm-hmm. I was praying and I was asking God, you know, what is my purpose? And it took a minute. I was like, God, okay. And I started looking at the things that I had been doing in the past. The degrees that I had, all of those things had something in common that I did enjoy, which were people. Yeah. And I enjoy making people feel good about themselves. So I knew that people would be the thing that... I was passionate in my purpose. So I prayed one day. I was like, Lord, God, just bless me to be a blessing to others. And I realized that I had to move my own. I was in my own way. Sometimes we are in our own way. Yeah. Like a lot of times if you're not where you want to be in life yeah. or you're sitting somewhere or you're having that moment because we all have that yeah. moment. Oh, yes. You yeah. had that moment when you sit in your house and you have that outer body experience yeah. and you're like, I can't believe this is my life right now. Yeah. Yeah. Like, how did I get here? Yeah. Or you're in a situation or you're in a relationship or you're in a job and you're just like, what the hell am I doing? Yeah. Oh, man. And I believe that you have those moments when you know that you have made some decisions yep. that have led you yep. to where you are. Yep. You are there because you decided to be there. Absolutely. Every decision, and, and people don't like to hear this, but it's reality check. You have to look in the mirror instead of playing the blame yeah. game. It's not your spouse's fault. It's not your mama, your daddy, your sister, your, your kids. Friend. Nobody's fault. For sure. All the decisions that you have made up until this point reflects the life that you were living at this very moment. And you have to be accountable. We talked about this yesterday. Just being accountable. I mean, look at you. You were 21, Mm -hmm. married someone who was seven to eight years older than you, Mm -hmm. stayed in a marriage, in an abusive marriage with someone controlling you, talking down on you, not wanting you to prosper, just really sabotaging your career. You moved 
to be a singer. You have a beautiful voice. God, I heard it yesterday and I was like, whoa. Like I was blown away. Mm -hmm. And you knew that something was off with that person. Mm -hmm. You stayed in that situation for years till you were completely depleted. Depleted. You lost yourself. You lost your friends. Mm -hmm. Someone was manipulating you, controlling you, telling you that you can't hang out. You should never sit at a bar by yourself. You're married. All these different things. Didn't want you to go anywhere. Wanted Mm -hmm. to tell you what to dress, how to dress, and how to do your hair, and wearing makeup. I remember you said, don't wear red lipstick. Yeah. Who are you you wearing red lipstick for? That would have been it for me. After the red lipstick, it would have been, I gotta go, because I'm I'm wearing my red lipstick. Listen. (laughs) I'm wearing my damn red lipstick. Listen, I love my Ruby Woo. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, just crazy. But then you have to sit back and say to yourself, I decided to stay in that situation Mm -hmm. for 10 years. It was a choice. That was my choice. That was my choice. Nobody's choice but mine, right? And I realized after coming out of that, just all the things that I've been through, that my obedience was tied to other people's blessings, right? I had to make sure that I encountered people that had similar stories so that I can help them know there's hope, there's a rainbow, you know, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. And a lot of women don't realize that abuse is not always physical. No, it's not always physical. It's not, because it wasn't. Mm -hmm. It wasn't. Verbal, I feel verbal abuse Mm -hmm. is the worst abuse. And someone being over-controlling is a sign of it as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. And like I said, a lot of women are oblivious to it. They don't really know. And this is another reason. Some women don't have nothing to compare it to, but some of the women who are brought into single-parent homes, you know, look for it or don't have a father at all. You know what I mean? Like, even though I saw an amazing man, it's not that I was looking for exactly my father. I was looking for a father figure, which in result did not turn out the way that I thought it would. Wow. Yeah. And you get out of the situation. You rebuild your life. You repair your life. You start mm-hmm. applying yourself. You get in corporate America and you realize, oh my goodness, this isn't for me. Oh yeah, it wasn't. I was like, I'm not born just to pay bills and die. Like I was so fabulous underneath my male's outfit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I would have this. You were in a mail room. Mail room. I was the first female ever. The company had been in business for like, what, 50 something years? I was the first female in the mail room. And I had to lift the heavy boxes in the rain. I was wow. carrying heavy, like it was for real. It was for real, y'all. Like that was a part of my story. Just in that mail room. But like I said, I don't feel that your circumstances or where you are is the place that's going to be your resting place. And I always tell people, you know, go back. Your past does not have to be a place of residence, but a place of reference. Sometimes you have to go back, but you don't have to stay there. And I knew that I wanted to continue on and do greater things. I just needed to have a plan. And that's why I said that relationship, building those relationships while I was there, like even though I wasn't getting paid anything and I wasn't valued, guess what? I wasn't going to make other people's perception of me my reality. I was going to take it into my own hands and create the life I wanted. And I believe for all of you all who are out there and you're feeling stuck. Yeah. You're feeling like you're not where you want to be. If you want to take control of your destiny, get in the relationship building business. Absolutely. Because that's what grew your brand. That's what grew your business. You know, people were were buying you. Mm, Absolutely. 100%. They they will buy into you. And I just want to ask you a question. Have you ever heard a woman say, I don't get along with women like that? No. I've heard them say that's but what I I'm can saying. never understand. Me either. Yeah. And that's another thing, y'all. Be careful what you see. Yeah. Because if you're building a business, guess what? You're going to have relationships with other women yeah. if you want your business to thrive. So we've got to have more collaboration over competition because there's so much. Just because you're doing something a certain way, like you can have the same, all the same ingredients and your cake is not going to taste the same at the end. Definitely. We yeah. all have a certain gift. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what I tell a lot of my clients that 
I work with and they come and they're like, someone's copying me. I'm like, they can't copy they can't, you. Can't You're copy a carbon a copy. Yeah, absolutely. They cannot copy. They can attempt to, but yep. the truth is they'll just remind their audience of you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because people absolutely. will say, well, this is the person that this person is attempting to duplicate. Yep. So we have to be authentic and we have exactly. to understand that our portion is already set aside and no one can do us like us. Nobody can do you like you. Nobody. That's the, that's the truth. Nobody can do Natalie like Natalie. Nobody, Nobody can, can do, do Ronnie, Ronnie like Ronnie. Ronnie. You heard okay. about that. We <laughs> have to know and understand that. So it starts to transition because you transitioned out. Mm-hmm. You started building your business. Yeah. And you started realizing your worth. And before you knew it, you know, you were super successful, making really good money, yeah. over $50,000 a month in, in your business. Your business is growing. You're changing lives. You're helping people. Mm-hmm. And what do you say to all the girl CEOs that are out here? You know, you yeah. flew in yesterday to work with me. We're building your brand out. Yeah. There are some people that are listening to this mm-hmm. right now and they feel defeated. They feel stuck. They, they're in a space where they don't know what's next. Mm-hmm. It's really hard when you don't have a roadmap. Yeah. What do you say to those people? Most of us aren't given roadmaps. And for those people, I say, create your own roadmap. Like there is no right or wrong way. You're going to fail your way into the success that you want. A lot of times people, they see the glory, but they don't know the story. They want all the riches. They want the house, but they're not willing to put the work in to get the things that they desire. They say they really want it, but they're not grinding. But you got not to only just pray for it, you got to also put feet to your faith. You can have faith all day long, but if you don't put feet to your faith, it's just going to be a prayer. You've got to actually put some kind of action behind it and step out on fear. Face the fear and do it anyway. You've got to stop being so afraid of everything because you're going to mess up. You're going to be a C student, a D student before you're a student. You can't skip steps. And I like to say, you know, look at the picture. There's always pictures I see in offices of a man standing at the top of the mountain. Y'all see him and he has his hand up in the air. He's so excited that he's made it to the top of the mountain but the thing that you didn't see was the cuts and the the bruises. You didn't see while he was climbing that mountain that halfway up that he wanted to quit and wanted to turn back around but whenever you get tired you guys learn to rest but not quit. Just keep going, y'all. I'm telling you, the process is ugly. It doesn't feel good. When you're giving birth, guess what? That Those contractions, it hurts, but you're giving birth to something great. You have to go through that pain in order to get your purpose at the end, right? So don't be afraid to skip the process. I know you might be going through stuff. Divorce. A family member might be ill. You might be ill. Going through health problems, but don't let that become your reality. You still can take charge and say, hey, even though these things are happening to me, these are the things that I have control of and I can alter my fate by changing how I think first of all and changing the steps that I take because in order it's to become, mindset it's mindset first yeah and let me also say that anything that comes after the, the word but mm-hmm. or because mm-hmm. is an excuse yes yes anything that comes after but or because we have some Facebook listeners we have some Instagram listeners as mm-hmm. well if you guys aren't following us make sure you follow us at Girl CO Inc and at Ronnie Brown but I'm seeing some comments that are coming in like but what if this <laughs> or because this mm-hmm. if you have health conditions and you can sit on social media for an hour mm-hmm. you can be online working and Your making business. some additional income for an hour it's just that it's simple. that simple it's that simple i always tell people you know i for every excuse i've heard i know that somebody else was dealt your hand but a worse hand than you that's getting it done with the same excuse you're making yeah don't make your why your why not yeah you say you want it because of your it's i need so to do this for much that's what i used to say are you serious yeah oh my gosh 
your why can't be your why not. Yeah. And I used to say that to moms. Yeah, exactly. I used to meet the so children. many women yeah. that say they want to make six, I want to make six figures. I want to make seven figures, but I can't. But my kids. But my but kids. My, it's like you're yeah. doing it for your kids, but, but then you, you can't you use say the you kids can't do it because your kids. Right. Exactly. That's exactly. It's no excuses. None. Only solutions. It's still no my problems. Motto only to this solutions. Day. No problems. Only solutions. No problems. Only solutions. We either gonna find a solution to the problem or that's it because you can't make excuses and results. They yeah. don't dwell in the same place. And let's talk about actionable steps. Yeah. The first thing is go to your purpose. Yeah. Go to passion. And if you don't know what purpose and passion is, go to hobby. Yeah. What you enjoy. Exactly. Go there. Don't go what's trendy. Absolutely. Don't go with what looks profitable. Yeah. Because let me tell you, y'all see Ronnie, very successful online. Let me tell y'all something about Ronnie. Behind the scenes, this chick works <laughs> hard, hard. <laughs> okay? You don't see, okay, <laughs> hard as hell. Because I show was like, listen, seriously, but seriously, like behind the scenes, she's grinding. What you don't see is the grind. Guess what time she gets up? 530 in the morning. Guess what? By the time most people are starting their day, we've already finished most of the stuff that we have put into play. Yeah. And that's just the thing, you guys, like, seriously, you're going to have to grind it out, like, and be vulnerable enough to say, hey, I know I'm going to fail. I know I'm not going to get it right, but yeah. I'm willing to just keep going no matter what. And Natalie flew in to work with me yesterday and got in. We got started about 930. Oh, yeah. Didn't leave. We. Yeah, we were here. We built her entire brand out. I mean, everything until about, what, 10 o'clock at night? Yep. Yep, a little after 10, yep. All work. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had some laughs and some giggles, but yeah. it was, yeah. let's get it done. Yeah, and oh, I'm glad you just said that. Y'all, there's a point where you read the book, but sometimes you got to put the book down and start implementing the stuff that you're reading. Because a lot of people say that they're going to do a lot of things, right? Oh, I'm going to as soon as I finish. No, y'all got to just put into action. It's great to read the books, but not if you just keep reading the books and you haven't even implemented the things that's inside the books, right? Yeah. So if you say, just like she said, we're going to do a strategy. We actually got work and things done. We weren't just busy. We were productive, right? It's a difference. Yeah. And let's talk about that because you're successful. You know, Mm -hmm. we talked about this with making the income that you make. Sometimes we get to a a space where our coachability index is very low. Yeah. Some people say, hey, you know, I make 40, I make Mm $50,000 a month. I don't need a coach. Oh, man. Every coach needs a coach. Y'all, every mentee needs a mentor, right? Every mentor needs a mentor. It's just the way that it works. If you ask anybody that's super successful, you better believe that they have somebody that's rooting them on, telling them what to do, and also know that a mentorship is something that you seek. It is not something that seeks you. So if you aspire to be mentored, you can't wait for that to fall into your lap. That's something that has to be earned or bought, right? But you have to seek that person in order to be mentored. And so that's step two, Mm -hmm. because we want action items, right? Action items. Go to purpose, go to passion, and then think about how you can monetize that. Mm -hmm. And then also find a mentor. Yep. Now let's talk about that because Absolutely. people want mentorship, mm-hmm. but they don't want to invest in mentorship. Ooh, ooh. Let me tell you, no investment, no return. And this is not just with finances, y'all. ROI, return of investment, whichever way you say it. If you are giving, 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 you're depleting yourself if you're not re- receiving something in return. She has a business to run. Y'all don't understand these programs that she has to put together, the products. She has to pay for these things. Oh. And a 
lot of people are really worth more than what they're actually setting their prices for, to be honest with you. Because guess what? It doesn't matter how much it is, the right people are going to come. You're going to attract the right audience. But when you keep really dimming your light and dampening your cost, guess what's going to happen? That is the kind of client you're going to attract, right? So it's okay to set your standards high. You got to pay for it. There's nothing in this life for free. I don't care what it is. You're going to have to make an investment in order to actually get something. A lot of people say, well, why do I have to invest? Y'all, there's people who work uh, brick and mortar businesses that pay ten, twenty thousand dollars $20,000 a month for overheads for stuff, right? Like you have to invest yeah. to in order to get the knowledge that you need to whatever your field is or whatever your craft is. You have to invest in order to get that. That's like going to school. Yeah. And I think if I could really go back, one of the biggest mistakes that I made when I initially started making money, like a lot of money early on before I had guidance, knowledge, wisdom, and anyone really taught me anything because you can make money and that doesn't mean that you're smart. Oh, oh man. It's a lot of Ooh, yes. fools no. with fortune. Man. Right? Yes. So you can make money. And back when I initially started making money, no one was telling me to invest no. in mentorship. It's like, no. you think that making money qualifies you. <laughs> no, it, and no. it doesn't. Mm-mm. It doesn't because you don't have tangible information and resources that people can really take from you and apply that and apply to their businesses that are going to increase their income. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. So you think, hey, yeah, I made this amount of money. Yep. Now I'm a coach. I'm a leader. No. No, that doesn't, doesn't make you a leader. The money doesn't qualify you. <laughs> and I think you one of my biggest mistakes was when I was making that money, spending it on stuff mm. versus knowledge. And, stuff. and I'm yeah. not talking about going to college because I didn't go to college. Yeah. I'm talking about if I could have done it over, I would have took those master classes with people who were where I wanted to be. Exactly. Like now, in the last two years, I've spent probably 50% of my income yeah. learning from people who are where I want to be. And most yeah. of them are successful men. Yeah. Yeah. And the crazy thing about it is that I feel like when you do that, you're going to make way more money because of the mentorship. Yeah. Because your mentor knows things that you don't. Yeah. They have things sure. that you don't have. Right. So you definitely want to get with someone who can, sometimes it, it shouldn't be really a person close to you sometimes. Sometimes you need <laughs> to sure. get outside of that and for somebody that you can speak authentically to without being judged or... Because Natalie came in here and we had to revamp. Yeah. We had to scratch. We Oh yeah, we started from scratch, scratch. We, and she had to clean a lot of stuff up. Yep. A lot. And we had to really pull out her purpose and pull out her passion and identify her gift. And I had to hear her story and I had to understand where she came from and what she's been through. People have to get to know you to know how you can really grow and thrive in your lane. There has to be a discovery session. Oh yeah, absolutely. A discovery session where you're really taking the time to get to know a person and what fills their heart, right? Yep. Find out what they would do if there was no money coming in. Absolutely. You know, so point three, because we said the first point was making sure that, what was the first one? I lost it for a second. The first one. Come on, audience. Yeah, help us out. <laughs> I know the second one was mentorship. Yep. Oh, the first one Investing. was find the passion. Okay, find the passion. So find Investing the passion, the, the purpose, the hobby. And then the second one is mentorship. And then let's do the last one. The third one. What is the last thing that they would need to do? Action steps. <laughs> Get started. <laughs> Listen, you can't. Take action. You have to take action. Like that genie in the bottle is not, that man on the white horse is not. And, and this is crazy. What I'm going to say is get up and do something towards your business every single day. Yeah, consistency. Consistency. Yes. And let me just say this. 90% of the people that I work with that come to me for accountability that have even successful businesses. Seven, yeah. I work with seven figure earners. Yeah. Men, female. Yeah. Most of the men that come to me and they're making over $100,000 a month, they struggle with consistency 
and accountability. Yeah, absolutely. And it's because a lot of people mistake the beginning of success for their arrival. They think because they have this all this money that they don't need really anything else because they know it all. So they're not as consistent because now they got the money. Now they feel like, oh, I can chill now. But discipline would take you places. Oh, man. Because people ask me, Ronnie, how do you feel like you grew your personal brand? Guys, I don't care what I was doing. Yeah. The things that I was doing, they changed. But guess what didn't change? Me doing something. That's me. Yeah. If you can look, I've been on social media, Facebook, Instagram since Facebook 2008, 2009. Okay. 2008, 2009. Okay. Constantly putting out content, constantly pouring and investing in other people, constantly raising the bar, constantly just sharing the journey and the dedication is what got me there. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I treat my business, y'all, seriously, because I came from corporate America. A lot of people have, when they go into entrepreneurship, they still have, I call it the W-2 mentality where they're waiting for a boss to tell them what to do. But one great takeaway that I did get from corporate America is setting the schedule for me. Oh, for sure. I set everything from bathroom breaks for me. A calendar. Yes, my I calendar. I just started, if I can be super transparent, like I just started recently, probably two years now, two, three years now, was using my calendar. I yes. just started, I mean, and sticking to it. Best, it's the best thing ever. And exercising the word no, if it's not on the calendar, Ooh, nope. I can't do it. Exactly. Strictly by that calendar. Like, don't even move until you get these things accomplished. Seriously. It's like a big deal, y'all. I'm telling you. My success has come from a lot of it. I saw myself becoming more successful when I got that calendar. Because yeah. I'm able to see where my time is going. Well, I am, let me just say, I'm so proud of you. Thank you. I'm excited for your journey. You are yesterday. We did the outline for her book yesterday, too. Oh, yes. We, oh, my gosh. I'm just really excited for all of the things that you're about to start doing and really showing women how to put together their lifestyle vision. Yes. You know? Yes. And just really talking about how you overcame those obstacles and the success that you're experiencing yeah. now. And, you know, I yeah. watch you travel all over the world yeah. with your husband. Yeah. Got her a young husband, Got me too. a young one now, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Look, whatever makes you happy. Yes. Well, thanks for joining us. Thank y'all. I appreciate oh, it. Make sure you me. all follow Natalie on Instagram. The Natalie Lifestyle. We just changed it yesterday. yesterday. <laughs> the Natalie Lifestyle. And just stay tuned to all of the things that she has rolling out. Yes. I'm super excited, y'all. All right, guys. Well, thank you for tuning into the Girl CEO Podcast, yes. the playground for female entrepreneurs. Be sure to check us out at girlceoinc.com. We look forward to helping you all build your dreams and remember we are the community where women in business win together bye guys save big money at menards let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from ad force it's easy to install durable against the elements and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through may 5th and check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on menards.com save big money